Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Chicago quarterback fields, lines up in the gun, drops back five, right tackle block, winds up, line drive down the field, caught with the leap of the 25. Grabbed and running down to the 20-yard line is DJ Moore and down near the 13, 12-yard line. What a throw by Fields! 30-yard field goal trying for the lead. Good snap, ball put down, kick is up, the kick is perfect. The kick is perfect. And the Chicago Bears have come from behind to win their first game in the division in 13 tries. It's time for Score Overnights. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. What's up, everybody? It is Gabe Ramirez here on your overnights live and local on a football Monday on a Tuesday. Now it is, at least. You're listening to a Plumbers 911 football Monday on a Tuesday presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. Ah, what a day do we ha- what a day we have here on 670 the score. I was watching the game at Roundhouse over in uh Logan Square, and people are like, oh, dude, you work you work after this? I was like, I can't wait to talk about this. You think you guys are full of crap. <laughs> I was like, wait to hear what I gotta say on the radio. And I'm taking my notes, jotting down my things, and I just I'm excited to be here, man, to take your phone calls and really talk about this Bears victory. Bears defeat the Minnesota Vikings 12 to 10. I was, as I was walking out, I posted this picture on Twitter and on Instagram. If you guys are out right now, you can follow me. I'll follow you back during the commercial break. Chicago underscore Gabe. Uh, Chicago underscore Gabe on Twitter and Instagram. So I have this picture of me. I'm at the bar, and it's when when, uh, when Josh Dodds throws the tutty and it's 10-9, and my my head is, my face is in my hands, and the bartender happened to take a picture of me, and she was like, you might want this. And I was like, ah, oh. and I thought the bear, but it's the same, it was the same feeling even after the victory. It was almost like, damn, Justin, you had, you know, yeah, it's the same thing I was saying with Dobbs. It was like, you're not going to stop an NFL team 10 times, right? Like, eventually they are going to come down and score. It's the NFL. And so the same would would hold true for Justin Fields on the other side, and I'm so glad he did because most certainly I wanted to be talking about a Bears victory right now instead of anything else. Um, But you knew Justin was going to come down after so many attempts and put something on the board, and he did, fortunately, in the last minute. And Bears hold on to this one, but oddly enough, like, those were my sentiments where it's uh, it was still a, a head-in-hand kind of a game. At the end, you, I still felt the same way. But I want to hear how, what you guys thought about it. Going to be taking a call. going to be here until 5 o'clock in the morning. Phone lines are open. We got Robbie Triano holding down producing duties today as well till 5 a.m. We got Olin Kruitz on the show. You just heard him a second ago. His ass is about to go to sleep, take a nap, wake up at 6.55, I'm sure. 
wiped the sleet out of his eye, and then talked to Mully and Haw at 7 a.m., all right? Dave Wanstad's going to jump on at 7.25. This is a big name here. DJ Moore. Not that Dave Wanstad wasn't a big name, but DJ Moore, 8 o'clock. Going to jump on with Mully and Haw as well. Then Jaquan Brisker. You saw what a game he had last night. Jaquan Brisker is going to jump on with Bernstein and Holmes at 10.30. And then Jalen Johnson, 5 p.m., Parkinson Spiegel. You know what it is. After a Bears game, he jumps on. And if he was candid when he dropped the two, he most certainly is going to be braggadocious, as I I would want him to be today at 5 o'clock when he talks about not only the pick but the missed opportunity again. So we'll get to all that. Uh, today, but it's a Plumbers 911 Football Monday on a Tuesday, and, and let's just go out to the phone lines. I could sit here and blab about what I thought about the game, but that's going to come out eventually, especially between the phone calls. So, uh, 312 644 6767. Let's go to Bob out in Chicago. So, Bob, when you're looking at this team and you're, and you're checking out the Chicago Bears, not even just after a game like today, because I'm sure your decision was made up long before then. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think are the decisions Ryan Poles has to make this offseason about the Chicago Bears? Well, interesting. It's Bob in Arlington Heights. Um, I told your producer, if I'm Ryan Poles right now, I've already made three decisions. Yeah, I got to sit through five more games like this, but I made three decisions tonight. Number one, Matt Eberflus isn't coming back. Number two, I'm drafting a quarterback. And number three, I know he's on your show at 5 o'clock today. But I'm not giving Jalen Johnson a mega-dollar contract, okay? All that was missing on the pick six today was the red bow for Christmas time. That's two weeks in a row he's had a gift-wrapped pick six that he hasn't turned around. You're losing games by, you know, single scores. You know what? You're an all-pro. You make those plays. That's my take on it. Uh, you know, we won this. They won this game last night. but. As the time ticked down, even though the score said you won, you had to walk away feeling like you really didn't win. You know, it was like you avoided losing. And, you know, we've, you know, I I know I'm a grumpy old man, but, you know, I saw better games with Bill Wade quarterbacking back in 63. (laughs) No, I totally understand that. Thanks for the call, Bob. Bob and Arlington Heights. One of our favorites here on 670 to score. He brought up three points, and I want to address them. You know, first I'll start with the you didn't lose, right, as opposed to winning. <laughs> you, you, you didn't lose. You look at Jaquan Brisker at the end of that game, sitting on the sidelines on his, or sitting on the field on his knees, just like uh, exhausted. It's because it's difficult to win in the NFL. And 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 is is is. As we even though we watched that game and said, man, the Bears are the better team, right? Like you'd rather have Justin than Dobbs. You'd rather have, you know, the Bears running backs than their running the wide receivers. The whole thing. But still, that game still went down to the wire. Justin Fields still had to get down there. Josh Dobbs still had to put up that tutty. Like all those things had to happen, and it's, it's difficult to win. So I know sometimes you might think the team is playing a certain way, but that's one thing. Second, I talk about Eberflus. I genuinely, I mean, I, I think Ibrahim is coming back. I think we should just swallow that pill. I mean, we we all want something better, but I think in the grand scheme of the organization, it just makes 
I just I don't know. This is my opinion. I just that's how I feel. I think Iberflus coming back. I think they'll get a new offensive coordinator, someone who will run a similar scheme because you're still going to have Justin Fields there. So a similar scheme and maybe just make some tweaks here and there. Um, but I think Iberflus is gonna gonna be there. And then the Jalen Johnson thing, I, it sounds like you and 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 Bob in Arlington Heights. Not just you, but a lot of people when they talk about Jalen Johnson and not not necessarily coming up with those interceptions for touchdowns is you're talking as if he's a cornerback that, that gave up the pass or that, you know, was had four yards of separation between him and his, his, and the receiver. Like he was there. He batted the ball down. He intercepted the other one. Like, damn, you, 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 we can't talk about him as if he's a bad you, it sounds like we are calling him a bad, like, oh, you got to come up with that. Got to get the pick six there two times in a row. Come on. It's like, yeah, but he was there. The guy didn't catch the ball, and he did his job as a defender. Yes, we want him to come up with the interception. Just like Lawrence Holmes said, yes, we want you to get that money. I love Jalen Johnson. I think he's a great football player. But but but, but let's, let's say the narrative should be, we have a really, really good cornerback. I wish he would make those interceptions for a pick six. I want to keep this cornerback and pay him because he is one of the best in the NFL. And I just, I hope next year he can come up with some intercept, like pick sixes. That'd be great. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Gabe Ramirez uh, here on your overnights live and local. That's what we're doing after Bears games. Wherever you left, your friend's house, the bar. Call in if you got some thoughts, man. This 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 game has us feeling a lot of different ways, and I'm curious uh, how it has you feeling. Let's go to Bob in Oak Park. Another Bob. Bob, talk to me, man. What do you what were you thinking after this game? No, you can call me Robert Earl because everyone's Bob. You know, Les was the best, and we always we everyone was Bob when we called Les. Okay, but anyway, you just took all of my thoughts. As, as far as, um, you know, the, the, the offensive coordinator, he needs to go. But Uber Fuse, whatever his name is, he's done a very good job with the defense. So, yeah, that's what needs to happen. He needs a good quarterback coach. Justin Fields needs a good quarterback coach. And they will be all right. I've looked at the personnel. They are playing better. It's not the it's not the players. The coaches lose the games at the end of, uh, of the day. So wait, they did Earl, Earl, in. Earl, you felt good in um you felt good with uh, Justin Fields' performance today. Like you felt super confident. Like this is the guy to get us. You know what? The fumbles. I know he fumbled twice. I understand that, but yes. I, I would feel better with him than a rookie coming in next year to draft. Now, you use that to build a team around him. He's going to be all right. So what's missing? Tell me what's missing because I hear a lot of that. Build a team around him. What what, what does he need? Let, let me tell you something. And you know, what else I'm does he need? Over from, from the previous show. I wanted to talk to Olin because it starts up front. The offensive line the defensive line. That's what they need to do. Do not draft a quarterback. Okay, but well, hold on. Offensive. Okay. 
Okay. So that that that's my point, man. And, and uh, okay, now what I really call for the the best thing the Bears did today is after they had the thirty six year uh, uh, yard completion, they ran the clock out. You know how many times Aaron Rodgers beat us with two minutes left on the clock? They ran the clock out, and they won the game. Just a field goal. That's all we needed. Now, that's what I think you said that earlier. So, am I correct? I just wonder, what do you think about that? That was the best decision made in the game. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, that's definitely how you run the last two minutes of a of a game. I was, I didn't like the fact that they wasted the second timeout before the two minute warning. I felt like that that timeout was, you know, in out of ten times six or seven of those, you're going to wish you had that timeout, right? This this happened to be one where it didn't because of the long completion. I don't know why Minnesota decided to just rush three for that two-minute drill. They were, they were confusing Justin Fields and getting to him when they were blitzing, but then they decided to they, – they thought – now, this is the best part about the, the – this is Justin's best argument is that when they re- rushed three – and drop back eight to try to say, hey, Justin, beat us with your arm. Yeah, G.J. Moore found a spot in the zone. And Justin Fields, what did he do well in Ohio State with a good offensive line and good wide receivers? He made people pay. And that's what he's going to do if you give him, you know. But the problem is in the NFL, and because an argument can be made, like, well, yeah, that's why you got to get him an offensive line. There was only three people rushing, let's be very clear. And there was a Roshan Johnson that stood back. So there were six blockers for those three, and that just doesn't happen, right? So – to be able to mirror that amount of time in the pocket consistently throughout the course of a game, it's just not likely, right? But I think he he did. He, he I mean, it's, it was a bullet laser. Love the pass. Love the fact that he got down there. Love the fact that he got the field goal. For me, and this is the part where people, you know, I've, I'm going to consistently say where I don't think Justin Fields is the top ten quarterback, and why I do think you got to draft one is because. This was a game against, like, a super mediocre Minnesota Vikings team. Like, that performance is not going to win you, you know what I'm saying, a first-round playoff game against a good team. Not that, That's not going to do it. Not when you get three turnovers, because the defense is playing like madmen. I am so in love with the Bears' defense. Give me a shirt that says, I love Bears. I'm not going to say that. Did you know where I was going with that, Robbie? No idea. I love bears, dot, dot, dot. Oh. <laughs> I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can't wear a shirt that says that. But they've been playing like Mad Men. But right now, I mean, one of our guys here at the station, you know, if you look at the bottom half of the last two wild card spots, Seattle and Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota who we just beat, like, Seattle has a very tough schedule ahead of them. If you look at, and, and I'm only saying this to just get you a little excited. Like Seattle's in that spot. They're six and five right now, but look at their next three games, Dallas, San Fran, and Philadelphia. So they're going to be six and eight, right? After that three game stretch, they're not going to win any of those games. So they'll be six and eight. And then they have Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Arizona. Still not, not, not cakewalks. Pittsburgh's trying to make it to the, to the playoffs. So, Maybe they win two games out of those remaining ones. So that puts them at eight. My overconfident, super bear fan 
coworker was like, don't sleep on the Bears winning out and then ending up 9-8 and eight and sneaking into the playoffs. Is that foolish, Robbie? I mean, come on. I mean, Detroit is the one you'd have to get over. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the uh, DTR from, from Cleveland, played for UCLA last year, who I watched. I was watching hella, hella West Coast, like Pac-12 games last year because I would get off work late, and then I just wanted to watch like Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. Like, that was a, it's a really good conference. So last year I was watching. That's why I, on my opinion on Caleb Williams is, is spot on. And, but, but he was really good. And, I, and I, he, he actually beat Caleb Williams last year. DTR did. And UCLA beat them. And, and he had a hell of a game. So that's going to be a tough game against Cleveland. Then you got Kyler Murray for the Bears. Ooh. Now here's my question. Do you think this team is talented enough to be a playoff team? I think the defense is good enough. I think it is without question that this defense is special when, when they're healthy. With Montez Sweat in there, there's zero question about that. This defense is special. It was special against Detroit for a very long period of time, and and that's a, a good offense there. And it's been snowballing. I think that's what the most important thing is. It's been snowballing week after week, and they're building confidence in themselves. So to go up against Detroit again, it's going to be interesting to see what they do there. So I think that's what could propel them to an undefeated, you know, go 6-0 and to end the season is that – I almost cursed, but but shoot, the defense, if, if it could hold Minnesota to 10 or other teams below 20 and, and you let Justin Fields, who is electric and can't put up points, you know, if, if he can do his thing, it's going to be, you know. But it's the, off, the, the whole thing is the offense. That is like the bottom line. Of course, that's been, the, that's been the whole thing since day one, since Justin Fields came in and, and Andy Dalton was there. It's been the offense. Can, can it operate at a high level? Can it, can it be – an offense that the Bears have never seen. Because ultimately, that's what they've been trying to do. They've been trying to create an offense that the Bears have never seen since Nagy took the reins. They tried to do it with Mitchell Trubisky. They then tried to do it with Justin Fields. And they're, they're trying to make him evolve into that. But in the present, it just isn't. So that's the big the big thing there. Uh, so let's go back. Let's go back into the phone lines, man. 312. 644 67 67. It's Gabe Ramirez live and local on your overnights. Let's go to Mark on, on the East Coast in New Jersey. Mark, talk to me about this game. What was some what was one of your takeaways? How you doing, my good boy Gabe? Chilling, brother, chilling. You already know. Oh my goodness, Getty, I am absolutely finished. Freaking screen to the right. Screen to the left. Go with me, Gabe. Screen to the right. Hey, screen to the left. Hey. Enough. Hey. Enough. That should be the instead of the instead of the cha cha slide, we got to do the Getsy slide. Screen to the left, screen to the right, little handoff now, little handoff now. RPO, RPO. <laughs> that's great. I actually like it. Mark, here's the thing. Mark, Mark, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want to. This is good. I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you called in and said this because I t- I remember watching the game, taking the notes specifically, and. It was the fact that, oh, that Luke Getze, on two occasions, it was like third and three, third and two, he ran the ball. And I thought to myself, somebody was like, oh, that's great play calling. Then I went to go look at the stats. Up until that point, the Bears had only rushed the ball seven times. And, and we were in the third quarter at this point, right? Third quarter, crunch time. Yeah, Bears need yeah. some The Bears had only ran the ball seven times, and they decided to run it on those two instances 
And my friends were like, oh, that's great play call and stuff. And I said, I said, is it? Or or is it is it highlighting the fact that Getsy did not trust Justin Fields to throw the ball in those situations? Just well, like he threw the ball. Third on three, I was like, stop throwing the screens. Then you could just run it. Like and, we have a solid line. And then you run it then. But that's so, what and that's what they that's what they were doing those two times that it converted. The screen plays were just more like do you not trust Justin to throw the ball down the field? Again, on the run plays and on the screen plays, I asked the same question. Is it Getsy calling terrible calls or is it Getsy not trusting Justin Fields? I'm, that's my question. I don't even know the answer. You know, I wish I could talk to Getsy privately. But at a certain point, it's like, buddy, like I was listening to Kurt Warner, Kevin Arlen yeah. on the Westwood One. I had Kurt Warner, I thought the guy was going to jump. He was like, Oh, he was, he was singing along with me. So screen to the left, screen to the right. I mean, he was like, I'm about to be Tony Romo. I could have called that play. Screen, screen, screen. I was like, he's like 21 for 29, under 200 yards. Like, which guy? This is the NFL. Throw the ball down the field. At a certain point, like, you, you're kicking field goal after field goal when you get it even barely anything. Like, this is like a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. And you know what, Mark? I, I think there was, a, there was another moment. And it was on the first two drives. You know, they did a good job of getting down the field, right? And as they'll say in the NFL, it's easy to move the ball between the 20s. But that first drive, you know, two drives in a row just that were good that only resulted in three points, obviously the missed field goal. But we got to get got to get in the end zone there. But here's my issue with the play calling. And, again, I wish I knew the answer of whether it was bad play calling by Justin or by Luke Getzey or, or he just doesn't trust Justin Fields, or Justin Fields doesn't trust his arm. Because the Bears, it was like first and 10. They were inside the 20. It was the second drive. They hand the ball off to Khalil Herbert. He gets about six yards, so it's second and four now. They're in the red zone. Second and four, second drive of the game. And I look at the guy next to me, again, watching the game at Ron House over in Logan Square, and I go, see, this is where I want Justin Fields to put the ball in the corner of the end zone. Well, second and four. Justin had a nice run for four yards had moved the ball down the field two drives in a row, and it was like, get the ball in the end zone. This is when you when you just let D.J. Moore do his thing, when, like he, that, that pass he did in Washington. Uh, this is when you let Cole Komet be the bigger bigger guy over a safety. And what did the Bears do? It was like they, they ran it again, and then on third down they, they, they threw a screen. Like they just – the ball not once did it make its way into the end zone on that particular play. And it was just so frustrating because you you want that to – you just want to take a damn chance, bro. You're three and eight. Take a chance in that moment. Yeah, right here, look. Second and four. Just found it. Yeah, then it was – oh, then it was a pass to Roshan Johnson for one yard. Oh, no, incomplete pass to the right, and then the, in, then the one-yard pass to Roshan Johnson. So, and the incomplete pass to the right was to – I think it was like to Darnell Mooney, and it wasn't even like – by the line of scrimmage. So, again, two plays where, like, it just didn't even get into the – oh, no, no, no. The second down play, Rob, if you remember, is when they rolled Justin Fields out to the side. So they had second and four. They rolled him out to the right. But I thought to, in that play, I was like, why roll him out? This needs to be a hike. Throw it in the corner of the end zone. That's what good teams do. They use their skilled players to get touchdowns. Like, that. the ball didn't even get into the end zone. So, again, I asked. Luke Getzey calls a rollout, so that's terrible. But Justin Fields, do you not trust your arm? Do you call a rollout because you don't trust Justin to put it in the end zone in the corner? Like, I don't know, but that to me was frustrating because then that's when a 10-play, 67-yard drive that lasted five minutes 
Not and you're on the eight yard line. Not once can the ball make its way into the end zone. That's frustrating to me. That's what some some gripes that I have with this. But uh, yeah, I want to hear your gripes. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. You can call in or you can text in as well. That is also open. Uh, we just we were just on the East Coast. Let's go out to the West Coast, Pete, out in San Francisco. Talk to me about your thoughts after this Bears game. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I'm a native of Chicago and just kind of trapped in San Francisco. Um, my question to you is if the Bears, hypothetical, of course, but if the Bears had the opportunity to take Bill Belichick, would it be worth it? Yeah, Pete, thanks for the call. I think um, you'd have to trade for him. So I don't know if you'd want to give up capital for that. But, Pete, let me ask you this. Bring Pete back on the phone. Pete, why do you, do you like Bill Belichick and you want him to be a, the coach of the Bears? I mean, he, he he has the pedigree, but I think the you know there's so much that plays into it. It's the, the the ownership. Does he become the GM? There's all these other ancillary questions they have to answer. But do you think he could be? I, I don't know do you if think he could? But like, if you look at the past, sometimes you you know the past. How much do you look to the past to look to the future? I mean, you know, I don't know how much he still has in his tank. I will say this one last thing. I was just listening to the pre-show and uh, on the six seventy score, and they were talking about you know organizations that were the gold standard, and they referenced the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers, and they referenced how, like they're how they're the gold standard. Like I think they said Pittsburgh Steelers have only had three head coaches in their whole history. And I was like, when are the Bears going to kind of get to something? Like that, yeah. I think the Bears. I think the Bears were fortunate enough to have, you know, Mr. Hallis running the team for a very long time. When I'm sure a lot of others were, you know, fumbling and rumbling through ownership and leadership. And so I think we were fortunate in the front end of, of the NFL's history, and and now we're just paying for it because everything evens out ultimately. Uh, but when you're thinking about gold standards, I think yeah, the Steelers. But 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 look at what they look what they had in place with those three coaches, right? When you're talking about Mike Tomlin, right, you were talking about someone that people all talk about it, um, a coach that players would run through a wall for, they say, right? And then, you know, before that, Bill Cowher. I mean, you're talking about, like, hard-nosed, real football guys that you genuinely believe in and that you want to play for. And I think that it's hard to get, right? And you got you to gotta want to get those players. I think – I think the I think the Bears want to play for Eberflus. I remember Jalen Johnson talking about here on the score, Eberflus when he first got in and and, and gets track shoes ready. And Jalen was like, "I'm not here for this." And then, and then he said he turned he turned over because he just saw that's what it was. And and so, you know, I like Eberflus. Do I? Yeah, I just think he I think he's he he's earned one more year. With a defense that good, 100%. You've earned another year, bro. You had year one was like, and this is why it sucks that Frank Reich was fired. Because like year one, you were given nothing. The, the, the GM stripped your team of everything in order to assess where they were. So that's year one. And then year two, you know, kind of sucked, but, you know. Then things started to, you know, oh, okay. They always say, like, any 18 months on the job to, like, really get in the rhythm. And then 
mean, the Bears, you know, was the, it was an ugly game, but a win nonetheless. And we get to talk about it. Uh, 312-644-6767. Got some phone lines open, man. Want to talk to you about it. Thoughts on on, on Coach Eberflus? Thoughts on Lou Getze? Thoughts on Justin Fields? I have some of those, too. Uh, but I want to get to your phone calls next, all right? 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on a Plumbers 911 Football Monday on a Tuesday on 670 The Score. Fields pulls out. Sheldon Day is there. Metellus knocked it out. And that is a huge takeaway for this Vikings defense and the newcomer Day. It's Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. One of two fumbles right there for Justin Fields. Bears defeat the Minnesota Vikings 12-10. No touchdowns on the day. That's impressive. (laughs) Bears give up one late in the fourth quarter. uh, But comeback Cairo Santos after missing his first field goal of the day. Comes back and knocks it down. Shout out to anybody that had Cairo as their fantasy football kicker. Sure got him some points. Um, Some text messages uh, coming in right now. And it's interesting because they're on they're on both sides of the fence here. And somebody's saying, you know, hey, it took Fields almost three years and the worst game I've seen in years. True, today, yesterday was bad. Uh, to get his first comeback win. It wasn't his first. He had two others, I believe. Uh, they put up that stat. Uh, so, but he said, people should not think too much about this win. And then someone else to uh, this other guy who was like, so often you said you wanted to see Justin Fields win a game in the last few minutes. He did so today, and now you harp on other things. It's like, no, no, no. I want to be very clear, and he's him and I are texting right now. I want to be very clear. I've, I've always, always have defended Justin Fields uh, when people were complaining about him not scoring in the last two minutes of games. Always. Because I'm like, damn, he's putting up 35 points. And now you're mad because the defense gave up a touchdown in the last minute? I used to say this all last season in that big stretch of games where Justin was putting up points. Like, damn, you, you want him to score on 10 out of 10 possessions? I, I know I said that because I remember that very argument. So, so you know, if, if you heard anything other, it might have been me saying what other people's issue is with Justin Fields, but never mind. Never mind. Because I mean, like I said, to me – my issue with Justin Fields has nothing to do with him in his last two minutes of his performances in, in the end of the game. It has everything to do with his entire game. I do not harp on his inability to put up points or people's issues with his inability to put up points at an end of a game. I, I, I look at his inconsistency. I look at the first drive of the game where the first six throws or six, you know, uh, downs were, 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 were excellent. Looked like a top 10 quarterback. And then in the second half of that first drive, it it reminded you why he wasn't. It's inconsistency. That's the part that kills me with Justin Fields, the inability to let go of the ball. How many times did you see him and you're like, dude, just throw the damn ball. Give your guy a chance. Pass interference, anything, something. Throw it over their head where they can't even catch it. You know you got an arm, anything. All you talked about last week in the postgame was how accurate your, your deep ball is. You feel like that was the best part of your game. Like, bro, just let it go. So, again, it, it, it's zero to do 
with his inability to score everything, everything else to do. And, and then again, it's not even a knock on him. A lot of people are like, oh, Gabe, you're always so down. I just, no, I'm not. I think Justin Fields is good. I just don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think there's the difference. And I think both of those things can be true. A lot of times when people want to make arguments, specifically in, in, in sports, they think like only one thing can be true. Justin Fields can be good and he cannot be a top 10 quarterback. That's very, for me, in my brain, that's two true statements. But, you know, that's why we debate it. And that's why phone lines are open for you guys to call in. 312-644-6767 is Gabe Ramirez. Live and local overnights right now on 670 to score. Plumbers 911 Football Monday on a Tuesday. Presented by Busey Bank and It's Not a Game, Illinois.com. Let's go out to uh, Lee from the south side. Lee, talk to me, man. Let's, let's have a discussion about Justin Fields. Okay. You know, I'm glad you said that because you said two points that I want to address. First of all, uh, you, you're talking about Justin Fields. Well, here's the thing. First of all, when, when they drafted Justin Fields, Justin Fields is a deep ball quarterback. He's not a game manager. He's not a, you know, drop-off quarterback, nothing like that. So, first of all, he don't have the right line. The difference in the lines, you got run-blocking line, you got a pass-blocking line. A run-blocking line is good at going forward, pushing the line forward. A pass-blocking line is good at moving backwards. These are two different types of guys. One guy is big and strong. One guy is quick and agile. So name the last quick and agile lineman that the Bears had. I want you you to continue on with your point instead of stopping. Okay, so so the the difference is you're talking about the line. Justin, here's, here's the thing. A run-blocking line, hold the line for two seconds. That's why Tyson Bajan looks so good because if you got a run-blocking line, then you need a, a game manager because he, he's only going to throw the ball five, ten yards. But if you got a guy like Justin Fields, who's really an intermediate passer, 15, 20, and up, he needs four seconds. So how are you going to get that with a two-second line? For he, needs four, he needs four seconds? seconds? I'm telling you, okay, so name, name the great quarterback that, that, that played. Wait, 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 no, no, because, no. Lee, Lee, I want to keep you on point because we talk a lot, and I want, and I know you have a really good point to make, and I don't want to get sidetracked by who is the offensive lineman that was mobile or tell me the last quarterback that did this. Let's let's stay on track with the, with the Justin Fields okay. conversation because I know you, you're a fan of Fields, and I want to stay in that lane, you know? No, I just know football. I'm not. I, it, he feels, here's the thing. Phil's not even being developed. We're not going to even talk about that because he's not even being developed. You develop a quarterback, he's set three years, and then he, then you put him in the game, and he just take 30 games for him to get experience. So you're talking about a five-year plan. That's the way they used to develop yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree with that. Why you think, so, so why you think, uh, uh, look at Jordan. Give Jordan Love a little while. He's going to be right, right up there. Look at these guys. That's how you develop a quarterback. So you don't develop a quarterback. You need stability. He got the same offensive coordinator. Justin Fields had three offensive coordinators in four years. Okay, so, so hold on. Hold on, Lee, because I want to I catch up. I want to catch up. So what I, what I hear you saying is Justin Fields is the guy. The issue is everything around him. No, you, you said you if you could have a talk with Luke Getzey. Well, here's the thing. Say, first of all, you got a deep ball. So imagine Aaron Rodgers, you're telling him to be a dump-off passer. But Aaron Rodgers had a line that could give him four, five, six seconds. So so these guys are quick and agile. They will, you know the difference between a power line and an agile line? Yeah, so yeah I hear you. Agile line, okay, like Kelsey. Kelsey, you could run traps. 
You can run sweeps. You can do a lot with these guys. They're smaller, they're quicker, and they light on their feet. This is what type of line he needs. So the Bears have never had linemen like that, never. And that's why when you get these quarterbacks that throw deep balls, it don't mesh. If you get these type of power linemen, you need you need you need these drop off. Okay, so Lee, Lee, you're a, you're a Bears fan, right? You want the best for the yeah. Bears. So in this situation, yeah. do you want them to get another quarterback that works well for them, or do you want them to get a whole new offensive line that works better for? No, I want for... them to get quicker, ag- more agile. That's what I'm saying. So different offensive line. Okay, okay, okay. Right, or or, or if you want to do, see, you got to understand the Bears. What the Bears have always been a running team because they got big, powerful linemen. That's why they run the ball good. But but a but a running team. The linemen are completely different than pass pro. Pass pro, you're going backwards. These guys are fast. Aiden Hutchinson, them are, they first step is fast. So you got these slow guys, they 350, 360. You're not going to stop these guys. And how is that Justin Fields' fault when he can't even drop back? How is that his fault? Okay. okay. So, you, so you think, okay, okay. I don't think I know. Dude, he's a four-second quarterback. Give him three to four seconds. Look but nobody gets four seconds, done. though, Lee. Like, I hear what you're saying, but no one gets four seconds. No one. That's not true. That's not true. But I'm, I'm telling you He like holds this. the ball the longer than anybody else in the NFL. He, he, yeah, but I'm telling you like this. The better quarterback has – why are they better? Because they have more time. That's just not brain surgery. They have more time. What, what makes them so much better? Because they get the ball out quicker. No, they don't. You don't throw no deep ball. You ain't no guy running twenty yards in two seconds. No, no, no. I'm Who's saying, no, but but no, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying the reason why they're better is because let's say out of a out of because you know thirty. Hold on, let me finish, Lee. I, Lee, I let you talk a lot on my show. Oh, okay, right. Ahead, I let okay, you talk a lot on my show, right, and, I, and I'm and I've let you on long, and I'm trying to have a conversation with you. And the second I try to talk, you gotta look at me a second here. So, what, okay, uh, to, so to, to answer your question, right? If you have thirty throws in a game, and let's say eighteen of them are getting out quickly and our positive yards. And then you take attempts down the field to loosen people up. You saw Josh Dobbs do it the first play of the game, right? Down, to try yeah. to loosen the defense. You say, you know, football to, to get them safeties to not be cheating up so much, right? So you could, you got to do that occasionally. And that's what makes them good is that they can get rid of the ball quickly and when they need to, and then they can throw the ball down the field when they can buy themselves four seconds in those instances. The problem with Justin Fields, and we saw it all day today in this game specifically, he can like he's every throw needs to be a four second throw. And I think that's the problem with the statement that you're making is that you want an offensive line to block for him for four seconds on every single pass play so that Justin no, Fields no, can no, then no, do no, his, no, that's no, what no, you're no, saying. But you talk, but no, but again, you're talking about two different things. So you're talking about quarterbacks that were developed totally different. They they came up in one system, one one guy, you know, consistency. You're talking about a guy that had three offensive coordinators in four years. How 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 can you match those two together? That don't even they don't even go together. One guy got the same coach learning the same system. One guy got three different playbooks in three years. How do, how do you how do you say that those are the same? No, I hear what you're saying, Lee. And yeah, I, I, I'm sure that if you just went up and down the NFL, you could look at some cases for that. But I, I think more importantly than going back and forth, I, I hear what you're saying. And it's that you, you want Justin Fields to have something better around him so that we can properly assess him, right? Whether that is more athletic offensive linemen so he can be a mobile quarterback that gets out of the pocket and can use his arm. To, to utilize the deep ball. That's what you're saying. And you want an offensive coordinator that can 
you know, be consistent and be there for years because that's how a quarterback develops. And I hear that. The problem is in the NFL, like, some, like they don't always pan out that way. And you got to kind of figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, like C.J. Stroud just got here. And look how well he's playing. Like, he didn't have three years with the same offensive coordinator. We don't even know if the offensive coordinator is good. We know C.J. Stroud is good. We know Tank Dell can catch a pass. That Robert Woods is a great vet that you can lean on. That Nico Collins is a big body that is like 50-50, right? Dalton Schultz, we know what he can do. Like, So he has weapons, and he's a good quarterback. Justin Fields has weapons, bro. DJ Moore is good. Cole Komet is good. Darnell Mooney is a thousand yard receiver, right? Like, they're there. They're good enough where you should be able to see something. And I think at this point in, in, in Justin Fields' career, I'm I'm okay with blaming Getsy. I'm okay with blaming Eberflus. I'm okay with blaming the talent. I'm okay with doing all of that. But I'm not okay with not giving any blame to Justin Fields in, in those same conversations and arguments, right? It's like, I can't just turn a blind eye to what I'm seeing from Justin Fields either, right? But what do you think? 312-644-6767. Lee had a lot to say about Justin Fields. I'm curious what your thoughts are after a game like this. Let's go to CJ. CJ, we were just singing the song, Mike from uh, San Francisco, you know, we, instead of the cha-cha slide, you know, we got the gutsy slide. It's screen to the left, screen <laughs> to the right. <laughs> RPO yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, what, what I would add to that, it, I mean, I, it was funny. I was watching it, looking, thinking, you know, not throwing credentials because they mean nothing. I'm a high school football coach. When you have a defense, you can run a screen maybe three times because it was successful twice and change the window dressing, change the formation to set up the same outcome. In the NFL, when you're going against that caliber of talent, you can't do that. It's predictable. You know what's coming. And if you look in the game, the safeties and the corners are cheating down. We're lucky that some of those didn't go the other way as a pick six because as a quarterback, that's almost a blind throw. It's grab the ball, it's going out. Right, you can't predict so how fast the cornerback is closing in on that pass in that correct. instance. And, that, and I know one play in particular you're probably referencing is the one to Darnell Mooney behind the line yeah. where he tackled him immediately. Well, absolutely. And, you know, people will watch that and look and say that EQ missed a block. Well, there's no way for EQ to even try and sell that block when the <laughs> D-back's already coming downhill. Anticipating it. Yeah. He knows the play. Yeah, and then the funniest one was, like, they got the big play to DJ Moore in the fourth quarter. It was a, a screen play to the left side, and he ran for, like, I don't know, 20, 30 yards after the catch. And mm-hmm. then two plays later, they did it to the other side. I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> like, you have nothing well, else in the playbook? It's predictable. You know that it's coming. And, I mean, like you were saying, even when I just came on about now an RPO, well, yeah, I mean, if you – I'd have to go back and, and watch the watch the All-22, but if you look at it, most of the time when Roshan Johnson came back into the backfield, 
they were giving you the RPO look, but when was the last time the Bears actually threw an RPO out of that? It's mm. basically a read option to either Fields or Roshan. So the predictability was there tonight. I mean, listening earlier in the week, how Barkish said that you can't say that Justin Fields had a good game and then get on Luke Getzey <laughs> and say that he... That was on my show. Game. Yeah, that was on my show. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, tonight, you can say that Luke Getzey called a terrible game because he didn't even give an opportunity to, like you said to the last caller, open up the field with something long. They didn't try any long stretch plays. But CJ, let me ask you this, because I asked the question a second ago, and, and it's, mm-hmm. do you think it's it's more so Luke Getzey not trusting Justin to go downfield? I'm maybe a little bit of a conspiracy theorist here. I think that they want to do just enough to not let Justin Field succeed. Because if he does just enough, and you move on from him, then you bring in a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, or a Penix, or a McCarthy, or whoever it may be, and you reset the clock again with someone learning the system. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's tough to say. Um, I think that they're not putting him in the best position to utilize his skill set. I will say in. I guess in Luke Getzey's defense that there were some times if you watch the film that there were some receivers open downfield early in routes that Justin missed and he's not reading the field fast enough. So play into the strength like Baltimore does rolling Lamar out. He has half the field to read as opposed to trying to go through his progression of three or four. If you're going to use his ability to run then get him out on the move looking at half the field where it's one read, two read, run, right. as opposed to trying to take it all in. Yeah, it's 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 tough, too, because it just sucks to have to do all that for your offense, right? And I think that, to me, right. is why I feel like you know a lot, a lot of people are opposed to the Bears, or there are people that are opposed to the Bears taking a quarterback in the first round. And, you know, for the same reason that Lee, who was just talking, you know, mentioned, you know, developing quarterbacks and, what they feel is important. And I agree with that sentiment. And that's actually why I think the Bears should take a quarterback in the first round. I think you still have Justin Fields under center week one of the new season where the rookie quarterback is, you know, learning what to and not to do from Justin Fields, waiting for his turn to, you know, come take over the team. And then, you know, if Justin Fields does well, then so be it. And if he doesn't, well, you have a contingency plan because what you don't want to do, and I'm going to say this 10 times tonight, what you don't want to do ever in the NFL is to have the number one pick in the draft two years in a row, have it have uncertainty of the quarterback position, and never draft one. That'd be like the worst thing you could ever do. So I think they just have to just because, again, out of just history, you just should in that instance. But it'll be interesting to see uh, what goes down, CJ. I appreciate the call. Uh, why Why? It's such a down vibe? Bears won. Here's the thing for all my uh, Justin Fields lovers out there. And I, I, I do love Justin Fields too, but if Kirk Cousins was playing in that game, they win. So I want everybody to know that this is not some like, Oh man, Justin did it, baby. <laughs> 12 points. ain't going to cut it. 
And you got to, and especially like how def, how deflating was it at halftime, knowing you had two interceptions, two good drives, and there's only three points that came out of it. You tied at the half. You, like it was just so deflate. Like come on, that's not the game you want to be playing. But again, the Bears do defeat the uh, Minnesota Vikings twelve to ten. Some uh, man, some rough. Rough football to watch, man. Josh Dobbs, you were just like, dude, what what the hell happened? This isn't the guy that people have been talking about for the whole season. Even though he was 22 for 32. It looked like the game last week from Justin Field, 22 for 32. He only had 11 yards rushing. Bears did a good job stopping him from doing something like that. Uh, TJ Hawkinson didn't get, start getting busy. They, they put up a stat. No catches in the first half ever since being a Minnesota Viking. That was pretty crazy. Uh, Jordan Addison had 10 targets. K.J. Osborne, somebody he thought would be better without just Justin Jefferson, but has not been the case. Uh, on the defensive side, uh, they had two sacks. Is that what it was? Justin Fields got sacked twice or three times? Justin, Oh, three times Justin Fields got sacked. <sighs> the fumbles were just so bad. They were just so bad because the first one he was like, hey, fellas, hey, look at me. My bad. And then he went out and did it again. It's <laughs> just like, bro, that cannot be the case. But some some standouts on, on the Bears side. DJ Moore, 11 catches on 13 targets. Cole Komet, 7 catches for 43 yards. He really was like a safety blanket for, for Justin Fields in a lot of instances. And there was a one that one third and 10. Uh, Cole Komet with the first down wide open. It was beautiful. Um, I was watching the game at a bar, and somebody yelled out, Who's who's returning punts? <laughs> Trent Taylor is. He was in the game. He had that one target. That's the one where it looked like it was uh, almost intentional grounding, but but uh, Trent Taylor was right in the area. Hadn't had a reception all year. Uh, on the defensive side, not much brewing outside of the uh, the, the interceptions and the uh, four interceptions, man. That's crazy. Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon, Jalen Johnson, and TJ Edwards. We've talked all year long about the secondary for the Chicago Bears and and how when healthy they're dangerous. And we saw how dangerous they were. That, that the touchdown that Minnesota got, that was after Jaquan Brisk, Brisker went out of the game for a little bit and Elijah Hicks came in and you see Elijah Hicks kind of missed that assignment. So but a, a lot to talk about. And one thing in particular is Justin Fields. 27 for 37. 73% completion percentage, 217 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. No interceptions. Two fumbles, though. 12 rushes for 59 yards. What do you think of his performance? What do you think of Justin Fields and how he performed against the Minnesota Vikings? What's your take on it? 312-644-6767. Got some phone lines open. Would love to hear from you. Thoughts on Justin Fields? Thoughts on the Bears? Take a call next. Skate Ramirez on 670 The Score.